everyone, welcome to Class 1A, My Hero Academia podcast presented by Popped Off. I'll be your homeroom teacher today, Fanfic, also known as Dylan, and I'm joined by James and Ian, a special guest lecturer. How are you guys doing today? I'm doing good. How are you doing, man? I, I'm, I'm good after the, the intro. I'm good after <laughs> the intro. After, after that, everything's all good. I'm good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we're super excited. Um, so a quick recap for everyone who doesn't know. This is Ian Gregory, famous for Mechadu podcast, where he talks about mech anime, where he's an expert, but he is also an expert in comics, which is why we brought him on today, uh, because we want to talk a little bit about how My Hero relates to Western comics. Um, and this is something I'm super excited about. Um, but I, I kind of wanted to kick things off a little bit and just Ian, just tell us more about stuff that you do in the comics world. Yeah, so as Dylan says, uh, I did the podcast. I do the podcast Make a Do About Nothing, which is a giant robot discussion show. Uh, but with, I've been reading Western comics probably for as long as I can remember. My father reads them, and he just sort of passed that down to me, uh, like some sort of nerd congenital disease. And then I, uh, I continue. I buy weekly comics. I buy graphic novels. I like to read everything, but mostly I stick to Marvel when it comes to superhero comics. Nice. And I, I, I'm still kind of like a, a comic newbie, um, but I know James had been reading comics for a super, super long time. So I just want to like talk a little bit about our experiences with comics. Um, at least for me, it's been something that's been off and on. Usually whenever I read comics, it's like graphic novels. Like I'll go and I'll pick up just like a whole big like arc of something. Um, you know, I, I, I've gotten into a lot of the Batman arcs um, recently. Um, Ian has actually got me into Immortal Hulk which was super, super cool to read, especially when it was, like, starting out. Uh, but, James, what have you been been getting into with comics? I know you have you have kind of, like, a big collection. Um, it's getting there. It's uh, I, I probably should have gone digital at some point. But, uh, like, yeah, like Ian, it was a, it was a pass-down thing. My, my old man was big into, like, X-Men and stuff like that. And the comic grip part gripped, but the Marvel part didn't. Um, big into DC... Uh, and basically every affiliated member of the Bat family, not Batman himself, but uh, Nightwing is by far my favorite comic to read. Um, and then we get Red Hood, and then Deathstroke, stuff like that. Big into it. Um, as far as Marvel, though, uh, big fan of Ben Riley. I try and buy anything based around him. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, kind of, it's kind of the broad strokes of what I read. Ian, what are you reading right now? Uh, well, right now... Comics don't exist anymore, which is the real <laughs> bummer. Is that they've only just started releasing a handful of issues, but definitely I'm the uh, the comic that I've been following for years, and that I'm most well known about is the X Men series. I've read every X Men comic written before 1995, and every X Men comic written after 2002, uh, which is a lot of comics. I currently write reviews for Cable for Xavier Files. I've published a couple bits of comics criticism, mostly about the X Men, on other websites. Uh, I have a small book that just came out about Rob Liefeld and his X-Men, uh, which he'll, that, I think Rob Liefeld will come up a little bit later. Oh, boy. Because uh, <laughs> he, even he somehow has an influence on this anime. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely uh, an X-Men head, an um, X-Fan, and uh, I can't think of a good uh, Yeah, I was going to ask. What are the, what, what, it, oh, there you Ooh, go. That's expert. good. I like that. Expert's but, good, yeah. Um, but so let's just dive right into my hero um, because what's also interesting because this comes full circle. I think you you were one of the major influences that got me into my hero 
because it was actually literally the two people here in this uh, podcast who got me into my hero of both of you and and andrew who's not here just saying like why don't you watch this just watch this already it's really good please watch it um but you're 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 a big manga and anime boy right oh yeah i i'm a consumer of media so i've also read an unreal amount of manga some of my favorite artists are like naoki urasawa uh, nobuyuki fukumoto junji ito my favorite shonen series is no matter how many times i tell dylan to read it he never will it's one piece uh it's the the gold standard of shonen manga but dylan uh dylan will periodically text me for recommendations about what's good in shonen jump or something i'm like oh we'll first read one piece and then i give him the real recommendations that i know he'll follow <laughs> uh my favorite anime is ping pong the animation based on the manga by taio matsumoto and then obviously uh most of my life for the last year and a half has just been watching mecha anime to keep up with the podcast. Now, Ian, he, he said that he was like big into consuming a lot of content. I just want to say he is an actual content fiend. I've never seen someone read so much manga and comics before. It's it's unreal. So like if if you if you say a series like he's probably have seen it in some form or have heard it. Uh, it's a curse. It's not a good thing. <laughs> it's, it's a curse. Yeah. Actually, I want to. I want to. I want to try this right now. I want to see oh, no. if okay. I if I can just rhyme something off and see if it's been consumed. Uh, samurai based like anime and stuff like that. You dabble in it at all? Yeah, I've seen Samurai Champloo. Okay. Um, but my favorite Vagabond by Takahiko Inoue, who did Slam Dunk. It'll. It's perpetually incomplete, but it's still a gorgeous, really smart piece of work. I think everyone should read Vagabond. Have you explored Samurai X at all? No, I haven't. Okay. Okay. Good. I'm glad. I've got. I got one of these like outlier ones. I do recommend checking out. It is. It is. It's uh, a little older. Gorgeously animated, though. Definitely. Definitely. Ten out of ten. Recommend. Great. All right. Let's dive into my hero, though. Um. So the first thing I want to get into was the looks of my hero, because I think this is one of the biggest influences that we see overlapping with Western comics, and it takes a lot of just aesthetics from it. And so I want to talk about costume design. So Ian, can you tell us a little bit about the costumes in my hero and how that kind of relates to uh, Western comics a little bit. I think I think one of the most impressive thing about My Hero's costume designs is that they're all clearly designed by different people, despite the fact that they're all designed by the same person. So in, in the show, in the, in the comic, you know that uh, the students design their own costumes, which works out better than it should, to be honest. These are high schoolers. Like, there should be way worse costumes. But uh, even the individual, like, pro heroes and villains... I'm thinking mostly of Stain here because a lot of like the League of Villains don't really have costumes. Uh, oh, by the way, like what's what's my what's my cutoff point for spoilers? A- anime. I would say leave it at anime. Yeah. For spoilers. Okay. Yeah. All right, I'll handle that. Uh, I just think that it's really impressive that they make all of these look because it'd be very easy to make these costumes look homogenous. They're literally designed by one person, whereas Marvel and DC superhero costumes have been designed over the periods of decades by hundreds of different writers and artists. It's really hard to match that level of variety when you're just a single person, but I think uh, Horikoshi really focuses in on what each individual character would want on their costume, what like their look they're trying to be is, and then really pulls that forward. Yeah, wow. I've never like I've never thought about like the fact that the one person has designed each one of these and like really encompassed like the individuality of like each person for their costume, right? Where like you said, like with, with Western, it's been it it has been decades, right? And you've seen so many different iterations of so many different like superhero outfits. It's ridiculous. Yeah, and it, it is kind of interesting because like uh, in, in a Western comic, like you had these single design that slowly gets tweaked until it's like 
perfectly iconic right that mm-hmm. it's just like it's a cultural symbol um but for these it's just like all right let's just let's just go with it this is this is the first iteration kind of doesn't change too much from here um but i so so the one thing i want i want to talk about that i think is is pretty wild is the 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 league of villains they do kind of have costumes right i i mean i mean like one is like a magician like a magician oh, a costume yeah. and like uh Sh- shigaraki he does have the 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 hands on his face which i think is like something that's like very not western comics like that is like a straight anime no, trope that's right? pure yeah that's yeah. pure like <laughs> manga horror like <laughs> yeah but i guess guys like dobby dobby doesn't really have a costume toga doesn't have a costume slicer uh, really is inspired from Stain, so I mean, like, he's more of a copycat than I'd say, like, he, he truly has a costume, right? But I mean, I, and, uh, oh my god, the, uh, dude who creates the, like, the riffs and stuff like that, he's just, like, he's, like, just dapperly dressed, right? So I mean, like, Kurogiri. A lot of, yeah, Kurogiri, yeah. They're all, like, like, like you said, they're more, like, it's almost, like, business casual for a lot of these guys, if not, or just whatever they've been doing for the past couple I mean, years. Shigaraki's a true gamer. He's just in a jumpsuit all the time, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, Shigaraki rolls out of bed, puts on the hands, and goes to work. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> wait, can, can I, can not a costume be a costume, though? Well, I want to say something I have, I, I have, I took notes to prepare for this to make sure I wouldn't be caught off guard. Uh, and I think that something that's really unusual about My Hero in contrast to Western superhero comics is that most of the fights in the series probably take place with characters not wearing costumes. Uh, so they're wearing their UA jumpsuits, or they're wearing street clothes, or they're wearing Yakuza cosplay. But most of the time, they don't have the opportunity to like change into their costume. The exception are things like sports festival, um, and then some of this later stuff. But even things like the training camp, they're there in street clothes. Um because they're all caught off guard, and they often get caught off guard in their fights. That's just sort of what happens in this show. Uh, so that means that we see a lot of character come through in how they choose to dress uh, in their street clothes, which is also something we don't always see in animes. It's not always them in school uniforms. We see like the difference between Momo and Jiro's style, uh, to pick an obvious example. And I think that makes the, cat- the characters feel really natural, like they ac- actually occupy a world. In Western comics, it's pretty unusual to have characters really go at it without finding a time to change them into their costumes. Uh, even if it's just Spider-Man disappearing into a bathroom stall and then emerging a panel later, that's that's just not something that happens in the My Hero universe. So does that have like a huge effect on animation too in drawing? Like, uh, I, I assume it's probably a lot easier whenever you have a fight scene to have someone in the same clothes every single time whenever you're drawing a fight, right? So this is like kind of like like an additional load that they're probably putting on the animators and also just like in the manga in general right yeah i mean it also is just a lot of extra character design work uh fortunately my hero one of its strong points is its character design but i think that it it does add a lot and it means that you have to pay a lot more attention to continuity so eventually uh, an artist will get to know the ins and outs of bakugo's hand grenades right and they can draw those from memory but they don't know what outfit bakugo is wearing in every scene if it keeps changing so that's why in a lot of anime characters will have like one casual outfit that they'll always appear in. It's it's like kind of like wild though, because like thinking more and more about it, there's just scenes where there's just like a ton of just random heroes that we might have seen like one time, but they have a costume, like they have a design, like, mm-hmm. and that's pretty that's pretty wild that 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 he's able to kind of like dive in and be able to design all these different costumes and give him 
like like decent flavor to them too yeah i think of that as a one piece holdover because oda who does one piece loves drawing background characters who are ridiculously complicated and have these incredible designs and they never appear again and i think uh that's one of the most impressive things about his art and i think horikoshi does that well in all the, like the hero stampede scenes where uh, there's like a bunch of heroes gathering up to do something or they're doing like the top 10. He's like, let me just design a bunch of heroes and throw them out there all at once. That's really tough to do. Yeah, I think you saw this really big with the, like the overhaul arc too where they had like the, the the big like table discussion. And I remember myself, Dylan and Andrew really talking. We were like, okay, who are these other guys, right? Because they, like, they're drawn to the point where you're like, these guys should be main cast, right? Like, I mean, they're, like they're like identifiable and all this stuff. So yeah, it really does give massive credit to the, uh, to the artist. And... Another thing I wanted to bring up too is it's it's crazy how in this show costume is not like like costume and combat are not like synonymous. They're like I mean, they're really two separate entities altogether, which you don't see with Western comics. Like you have to like those two things have to happen for the most part, right? Like And Dylan, I want to go back to something you said, which is that Western comics really have like this incredible iconography. Uh like the Superman symbol, the the blue and the red, the trunks, Spider-Man's outfit, Batman's outfit, um, Captain America's shield, things like that are really iconic. And for Marvel characters, they've sort of become a little more so because of, they've, because of the movies. But you're right that a lot of the time they distill down and there's really only minor changes to a character's costume. I would say my hero focuses on a combination of matching characters to person, matching costumes to personality, but also on functionality. A lot of the costumes in My Hero have some sort of practical purpose. So obviously Bakugo's got his, his gross sweat grenade hand thing. It's like if you ever think about that, it just means he's like collecting all his sweat into a little pot, which is so gross. Yeah, it's just uh, like whenever you're in band and like you're playing like the instrument and you hit the spit valve and it all yeah. comes out. <laughs> that's so, exactly, that's exactly oh my god. It. But then like Toga's got her like knife tubes and a lot of characters have elements to their costume that like Jiro's got the sound boots right that and I think something that uh, my hero does really well is avoid what I call the MCU trap which is when costumes are over designed to focus on like their military like tech functionality like then everyone's just wearing like body armor and ceramic plating and they sort of abandon the classic imagery I think my hero finds a really good way to incorporate the functionality and the practical nature of the costumes into making them still stand out and be colorful and iconic so um i do kind of want to want to uh put it put a lid on this one because i think we could talk about uh, like costumes for like the entire the, the entire thing um but i want to talk a little bit more about uh superpowers and quirks um you know is there any major similarities you see between the two um any like maybe homages like uh any that you're like oh that's clearly like you know the, this this comic uh, the, this hero's power I think it's I think it's really interesting how few homages there are to be honest. It would be very easy to just have characters who are like parodies or XBs of western comics characters. The big exception and this isn't even by Horikoshi is the Wolverine and Cyclops side characters and Vigilantes who just constantly show up in the background. Uh however, Horikoshi said that his quirk creation process is he's he says they're aha moments where he'll look at something and be like that should be a quirk. Uh, he, he the example he uses is like he looked up at his shower head one day and said someone should shoot water like that or no it was it was a uh, it was someone should shoot air out of their feet like that and that's how we got um oh my god I'm blanking on his name old man little guy trains oh uh, yeah uh, uh, Gran Torino Gran Torino yeah so 
I, I really like that that's his process. That's really funny. It's, he just, like, they occur to him out of nowhere. But another limiter is that powers are usually pretty biological in My Hero. There's something that the body does. They sweat nitroglycerin. They produce heat. They're a mutation. They have a tail. They, they're stronger than usual. The odd ones out are, are abstract abilities, like a racer head or night eye. Um, how does this quirk know how to eliminate a quirk, right? Biologically, that doesn't quite make sense in the same way other ones do. And those are more common in Western comics, but they're really powerful and rare in My Hero, which makes them stand out a little more. Yeah, that is kind of interesting. And I, I guess um, comics don't really, you know, it, you know, definitely correct me if I'm wrong, but a lot of comics don't like dive into the fact of like, some people just bad quirks, some people just bad powers that just suck, <laughs> like that aren't super useful. Like, yeah, your quirk, you're, you're just a dog, man, I guess. <laughs> you can't really do much, but you're, you're, you're a dog. Well, you're, hey, that you, dog made his commissioner of police. Show him some respect. <laughs> he's, he's a big deal, man. He he climbed the ranks, right? Um, but is there any comics that like dive into that that kind of like thought of like it, here's just some bad powers? Like I, I I like the thing that comes to mind is like maybe X Men because like because that is like powers like on a really large scale, right? So there has to be bad ones. Yeah, there's a couple series that spring to mind. Uh, first is Superior Foes of Spider Man, which are about some of Spider Man's D list supervillains who are just really trying to make it in this world, and they have terrible abilities. Uh, one is um, The Worst X-Man Ever, which is a really good miniseries about a guy whose power is to blow himself up once, uh, and then he's dead. How does he? How did he find out he can blow yeah, himself up? how does he up? know? The Beast, beast like, gets some sort of machine that tells him what his mutant power is, so okay, he can right. set up the rest of the series. There's, there's a number of X-Men series that do sort of focus on, like, Spider-Man and the X-Men, um... Generation X, the newer one, has some characters with less than useful powers. There's Eyeboy, who has a bunch of eyes on his face and all over his body. He just has a lot of eyes. Uh, there's Beak in New X-Men, who's just sort of a bird man, but he can't fly. He's just like a gross little chick dude. Uh, so yeah, X-Men is where most of that comes out. Uh, but usually it's relegated to comedy series, and it's not really taken like a serious thing. Like, how much would it suck to have a really unfortunate mutation or power? Yeah, yeah, so it's and, it's always it's always like the comedy take, not like the actual like shittiness that it would be to be in this universe where you have like crazy powers and then you're just stuck here with like I don't know, like just to use a very common like Family Guy reference, like nails that extend like larger, longer than they should. Well, that is in fact an X Men villain. So well, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but not to the same effect. I mean, it's not like Ad- Adamantium is like coming out of the, of the fingernails, no, but. <laughs> And I think it's interesting because that was that's what like grounds I think my hero and like like it's obviously like it's a, a show about a, people with a bunch of superpowers but like it's still kind of grounded because it's like yeah the whole world has this or most of the world has this and yeah that means there's going to be some ones that aren't great some people can just do very minor things I think that's something that like there is good moments of comedy with that but like also it's just like most of the time it's just a neutral tone of like oh yeah there's their normal quirk that just isn't anything like special which i think is super cool yeah and i mean it's literally the first conflict we see in the show is that deku doesn't have a quirk and that's a problem and it's a societal problem it gets him made fun of and that informs his character that he did not he used to not have a quirk and he used to be powerless against people who did and that's an important part of his character i like the distinction too sometimes they talk about people who have hero quirks and people who have villain quirks uh like poor shinso and uh, something that's really, I think, it, it's fundamental to the shonen genre that doesn't show up as much in Western comics is a sense of progression and quirk development. Fights usually come down to like who knows their quirk best or who's trained with it or knows how to use it most flexibly. 
and there we see lots of scenes you know the kids training the kids learning to use their powers getting special moves going on internships and there's a real sense of progression and power use that's pretty unusual in western comics because most marvel characters for example are adults now uh they don't really need to learn how to use their powers you know like wolverine's not going to figure out a new way to use his claws right that he's he knows how to do it so that means that there's a really like satisfying sense of progression in this series that for Deku's case is a literal percentage bar that goes up. <laughs> yeah, he it, it just it just slowly goes up and we're like, all right, when are you gonna get that that hundred percent? He's at goal. fifteen. Like that's he's a clear goal. Yeah. But yeah, like just to just to compare to like Western comics, one of the one of the 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 runs I did pick up was from the 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 dark dark metal uh, like mini arc. Uh, they basically spawn like a bunch of new characters. Sideways was one of them, who basically like opens rifts, and he's almost like a, like a like a Spider Man esque character. He's like a high school kid and stuff like that. But like, it, and I found it almost disappointing how, after watching my hero, the progression of how he like harnesses his power and stuff like that. He's almost already got it mastered, and it, it, like you know, to me, it almost falls flat for somebody who's younger and. Um, you know, just is expected to have this this mastery of, a, of like a power that's you know pretty pretty like scary, right? If you think about it, opening like rifts in time and or not so much time but space and being able to travel through them, they don't really do the exploring of how he figured out how to do it, which I think my hero does like outstandingly. Like that is like a huge portion of the show. So it's it's weird to see that comparison where my hero handles it so masterfully, and I don't think Western comics really has a grip on it as much yet. Uh, if I can, if we can like move into themes here, I've got a good bridge here. Yeah, because we're we're gonna talk. I'm taking about control of this themes. podcast now. Oh my god, yeah, he's just yeah, hijacking just, it. Just yeah, just go for it. So, <laughs> it's so start to talking head. about themes in this too. <laughs> I would say the most shonen manga Western comic ever to exist is the 1960s original run of Spider-Man by Stan Lee and Steve Ditko. And this might seem silly, but it has many of it is. First of all, it's the pure basis, the Western comics basis of my hero, as Horikoshi said. The whole series is based on Spider-Man. Uh, which people often think X-Men because there's a school for like kids with powers, but that's really not the focus here. It's in, in Spider-Man. He gets his powers uh, after being a weakling for his entire life, and he has to go to high school by day, take care of his, his uh, aunt, who's like his mother figure, by night. He has to work a, a job for a terrible boss to make money to make ends meet to help pay for their rent. Uh, he's he's got he's stuck in a various romantic relationships with a number of girls. He's trying to figure out who to date, if they even like him. Uh, and he's fighting supervillains. And most of Spider-Man's most iconic supervillains were invented in this original run. If you go read, like, Amazing Spider-Man 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, it's like, all right, issue one, uh, he doesn't really fight anyone. Then the next issue, it's Doc Ock. And then the next issue, it's Electro. And then the next issue, and it's just like a, a Hall of Fame list. They come up with his most famous villains all in a row. And I think the similarities between this and that classic uh, Spider-Man series is really is really tight however marvel has failed to recapture the magic of the original series ever since peter parker graduated high school and my hero academia is not rushing peter parker out of high school right we're with deku for a while yeah we ju we're just getting over like we're just going into year two and we don't even know what that holds and how they're gonna do it and everything like that right mm -hmm. so it's yeah yeah it, wow that is that is a surprisingly like close run through uh, so um i guess like what what about the overarching like uh like themes like in general so like even though like it goes hand in hand with spider-man um do you see that kind of like theme like present in a lot of western comics uh because i know 
Western comics really deals with a lot of like societal issues. Like that's like a really good outlet um, for it to express itself there. Um, but I don't know if we get that in, in My Hero. What, what do you think? Yeah, I totally agree. I think My Hero is more about personal theming. It's about, it's oftentimes about overcoming obstacles, like not having a quirk or a bad family situation. Oh, and what it means to be a hero and why people turn to villainy. And rather than focusing on broader societal issues, things that like the X-Men is really well known for, it, it really tries to narrow in on personal growth and personal conflict, which ties well into the, the, the progression of the power usage, right? As your personality develops and as you get to know yourself better, you get better at your quirk. It, it dovetails nicely. And when they do get into societal issues, it's sort of like future society issues, like about quirk registration and public quirk usage and that sort of thing. And like what the hero system is does for society is Stain's big thing. I think uh I think it's I think it's really a different approach fundamentally than Western comics. I was gonna say that 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 is super interesting, and I think um even though this like my hero does seem like a Western comic so much, um it does really, you know, take most of its influences from like anime and manga though. Um, yeah. like, like in terms of like the way that it's structured, which is so interesting. Cause like seeing that, seeing that like coming together, um, of like taking some elements from it, it's super cool. Yeah. Do you, do you like, I, th- I feel like the, 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 the big, like it's kind of, it's kind of very broad with the, the relation between like Western comics and my hero is like, it's the superpower thing. And that's more like, it's like, once you actually start like dissecting it and getting down to the nitty gritty, that's almost where it stops. You know what I mean? Like it's that, that broad like overarching theme and that's that's kind of it yeah my hero is a fundamentally it's a manga and it's fundamentally following the tropes of shonen manga before it is western comics so even though it's borrowing a setting it's still um in the same way that fantasy manga might be borrowing western fantasy fantasy novels they're still going to behave like manga and it's fairly uncommon for shonen manga to focus on societal issues that's just not something that gets really done in one weekly shonen jump it's always about Oh man, I'm forgetting the motto, but it's like hard work, friendship, and ethic. And like, there's like a three word <laughs> motto for um, Weekly Shonen Jump that they want all their series to sort of conform to, with I guess the exception of Chainsaw Man. So there's like a really emphasis on what characters are doing. I think Vigilantes, which occurs outside Weekly Shonen Jump, has the freedom to explore more unusual parts of the society. And that's where you see a lot of the discussion on quirk usage and the hero system and registration. And that actually is fairly close to stuff like Marvel's Civil War series, which is a bad comic, but is has some interesting ideas. Yeah, we're actually diving into that series right now. Um, we're, we're doing like five chapters at a time and discussing it. And parallel thoughts right there, too, is, is that's what we were saying, that it's like building out the under like the 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 underlying world of it and like like some of the overarching things rather than just focusing on like, you know, these three characters, what are they personally going through? It's talking about like, the society and building out the whole world so you know that that totally makes sense to us mm-hmm. um so uh as we're winding down here i want to get into some some easier questions we're, we're gonna cool it down we're gonna do a nice nice cool down what is your favorite character for my hero oh man my favorite character favorite character um that's a really good question oh my gosh i really like Eraserhead. i think he's funny i like his design i like I, I, I like deadpan characters. Uh, I love, like, Shinichi Goto from Pat Labor, who just are, like, are very tired all the time. My favorite student... I like Jiro. I like Todoroki. I think those are the those are the two that 
jump to mind. Oh, and um, oh my god, I can't believe I'm about to say Tokoyami. I think he's great. I love a little edge lord like Tokoyami. <laughs> that is his character. <laughs> so now, 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 as is tradition here. Oh no! What is your favorite ship? Oh, oh man, it's not, that's not tradition. That's it you. is now. It is now. <laughs> We've talked about this actually, Dylan and I. Um, I'm always kind of stuck because like. I don't tend to ship characters who I don't think will happen in, who could not happen in the source material. So I think things like Deku Todoroki are like interesting, but there will never, there will not be a gay pairing in as the main characters in a weekly show to jump comic, not for a long time. I think I'm, I'm like sort of a mainstream loser in that I like Deku Ochaku, Ochako. I think that's cute. I think they're sweet together. Uh, and I, I do like um, joke and, uh, and eraser head. Oh, that's a that's a classic. Yeah, you, you can't you Absolutely can't go wrong with that. I, I I'm a big fan of that odd couple sort of pairing. <laughs> All right. Um. But thanks, Ian. That was that was really great. Um. Now I just want to leave it a little bit open for James. Do you have any questions that are are, are burning? Any any questions that are sitting in the in the back of your mind any that you want to ask? Burning questions. Oh. You know, like, and the worst part is too. Like, as the kind of show was going, I should have wrote these down. Like, as the show was going on, because I like had started to like you know fester some and then now that i'm on the spot i can't think of anything off the top of my head <laughs> that's the worst way i'll hit you up later ian if i need to and yeah. i'll try i'll try i'll post it somewhere or something all right well thank you everyone so much for listening to class 1a um james tell them more that we they can find us yeah so you guys can find us on any podcasting platform and if you do please hit us with that five star review and tell your friends because it means the world to us ian where can they find you and what are you doing yeah, uh, you can find my podcast, Mechadu About Nothing. It's at Mechadu Podcast on Twitter. Uh, really appreciate it because we have like 20 listeners. They're all very sweet. They're all like four-year-old anime nerds. So they're all smarter than us too, which is a real problem. So if you're dumber than us, please give us a listen. Uh, I'm on Twitter at, at Fission Mail, M-A-L-E. And I've been published. Check out when Cable resumes. I'll be doing weekly reviews of that on Xavier Files. I should have some more articles coming out soon. And my pocketbook on Rob Liefeld just came out from Panel X Panel. Uh, who I was going to mention again in this podcast, but Stain is Stain's costume design is a is like a pure Liefeldian nightmare. Uh, just <laughs> straps and knives. It's terrifying. <laughs> all right, thank you so much, Ian. Thank you all for listening. We'll see you next week. <laughs>